Tell them. Amen. We're excited about what God's doing. Amen. I said we're excited about what God's doing. Amen. Got, got new things, fresh light, uh, great, great futures out in front of you. Amen. I, I know, I know we're kind of wrapping up summer and getting them last vacations in and doing everything we can to enjoy life. And then we're going to come back together and just blow it up for the kingdom of God. Amen. Amen. And we're, we're, you know, as a body, we're looking forward to, to what's lying in front of us. And there's some, there's some new things coming, going to change every one of our lives. And we just, uh, we're excited. But today, I got to tell you something. I'm really, I'm pumped about the Word of God and what God's going to speak to us today. I hope, I hope that uh, maybe you're taking notes or maybe you brought your tattoo gun. You're going to just ink yourself up a little bit and get this in you so it can't come out. Right. And, and uh, because we, we there's some revelation here, if you can tap into it, uh, we started this uh, series and and we're talking about loss and, and our our uh, our ambition, our our motive, our goal is to find people uh, who who are connected to God. But I mean, who have the power of God, the life of God. You know, we, we don't want anybody to know God, but live like you're lost. I'm not talking about habits or choices or, or I, I'm talking about to not have the power of God operating in your life. You know, Jesus came that he would give us life. John 10, 10. He said, I've come that you might have life in abundance to the top till it overflows. It's, it's Zoe is the, is the word there, the Greek word for life. Z-O-E. It's life as God has it, the God kind of life. You have more life than death. You'd have more joy than sorrow. You'd have more peace than chaos, more hope than despair, more provision than lack, more healing than sickness. Too many of us, all, you know what we got is a T-shirt, a bumper sticker, and an and a attitude that we, we want to try better. Well, here's the deal, though. God wants to infuse you with an inner strength that, that, that empowers you to live a God life. Now, every day, you're just demonstrating Satan's defeat. You get up out of bed and hell will go, oh, crap, here they come. You know, that's the life we're supposed to be living. And, and But how many you know that to have that, because Jesus gave it to us, well, well where is it at? Well, you got to, you know, in Isaiah, he said, my thoughts aren't your thoughts. My ways aren't your ways. So you're going to have to change your ways. You're going to have to change your thoughts. You're gonna, it's not a put down from God. It's an invitation up. That we would come up to, a, to, to his way of life. That we would really embrace it and know it. That we'd be changed from the inside out. You know, this song that we're singing, man, I love this song. You know, in that line that says, you saved my soul. <laughs> yeah, I was once separated from God, the life of God, the love of God, the power of God. But Jesus came and, and, and picked me up out of the miry clay, right? Man, I was in a pit and he picked me up and put my feet on the rock. Giving me a new song, hope, salvation, glory and praise unto my God. Man, look what God's done for you. I don't want me not jack for you. He, look at what he's done. And, and, and he saved my soul. Not the same. I'm, I'm not hopeless. I, I don't have to put up with the stuff that, that, that you know, that's just in life. I can conquer. I can overcome. I've, I've got what it takes. You know, like Paul, he said, I'm ready for an equal to anything that comes my way. Through Christ, who's infusing me with this inner strength. We got this. Look at your neighbor and say, we got this. I just want to jump in here. I got to, I got to hurry because, uh, you know, we got, we got a time frame to operate in. Hallelujah. You got to hurry. 
Well, you know, we're modern-day Christians. <laughs> we, we've got a, a start point and an end point, and I've got to hurry up. And besides that, we're driving to Tulsa today. Yeah. Hoo-ah! Hey, by the, by the way, by the way, I, I haven't said this at all this weekend because we want to kind of keep the focus on TJ and Izzy, and they're going to Bible school, and they're leaving today, and we're going to bless them. But by the way, today, 29 years of marriage to a beautiful woman today. Love you. Love you. Man, you're blessed. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's kind of funny. I just think about it during worship, you know, because I'm, I'm just watching people worship and looking around the room, and, and there's people who've been married like a week. Huh? Huh? Yeah, I did a couple of weddings last week, and, and they're here. It's awesome. 29 years ago. Shelby struck gold. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> oh, she's <is> so blessed. <laughs> it just makes me so happy to know how much God loves you. Check out Matthew sixteen twenty six. What profit? What profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world? But loses his own soul. What shall a man give in exchange for his soul? And, and, and you know, I, I think a lot of us read that and we're thinking, what, what, what does it profit, uh, you know, Shelby? She gets Tom. But loses her soul. What does it profit a man if he gets a lot of stuff? If he gains the whole world. If he's got money, if he's got cars. That's not what it says. What advantage is it to a man if he gains the world? To gain the world is to win their opinion. What good does it do us if we, if we get the whole world to agree with us, but we live separated from God? You know, yeah, the, world's, the, the world might agree with you, you know, because, you know, popular culture and, and all of that. How about, just, how about just your world? How about just your, just your family, just your friend? They agree with you, but you still separate your soul. Your soul. What's that soul? It's that inner man that God breathed life into. Remember when, when, when they're in the garden, we're going to read it in a minute, but God, God breathed life into man. He became a living soul, a speaking spirit. He, he became alive. He was given a gift, and, and, and this, this verse says, man, what profit is it if you get everybody in the world to agree with you, but you're still wrong? What advantage did you really get? Because everybody says, yeah, thumbs up to you, buddy. We're in agreement with you. you know, but, it, but if you still don't, let, here, let me put it, I just, I just, man, this is burning in me right now. What if you feel really good about about the way you do life, but you still don't have the power of God. Still struggling every day. Still fighting with the wife. Still disappointed with the kids. Still can't make it on the job. Still, well, hey, you, you know, your, your retirement plan is, is just cranking out. I mean, you, you, it's happening. But on the inside, you're still broken and defeated and hurting and lost. What good is that? You know, God took man 
and he breathed life into it. And then he planted a garden and he put man in the midst of the garden and he said, dress and keep it. And we're thinking he's talking about the garden. No, he's talking about the the life that he breathed into him. You know, he's talking about that gift of life. And, you know, if, if we could understand the Hebrew better, in the Hebrew, nouns are assigned a gender. It's like, you know, when, when you get a boat and, and you say, let's take her out and, and see how fast she'll go. You, you give it a gender. But in, in the Hebrew, every noun's already assigned a gender. And, you know, and you use pronouns to describe the noun you're talking about. So, you know, when you're talking, when we were at our house talking about the kids, we always said him because we had boys. Never, never, ever got confused. Never said pick her up because we didn't have no hers to pick up. You know, so but but you know when you would use the word it, it's it's tied to the noun. You know, so you know you would say uh, pick it up. That's what I'd say at first when we first brought him home. It's crying. Fix it. And then I went over to he's crying. Help him, you know. And that verse, that verse where it says, and God took man and put him in the garden and told him to dress it and to keep it, that it has a gender, and, and, and it's a feminine gender. But man's a masculine noun, and garden is a masculine noun. What's he talking about? You have to go back up and read it. It's, and he became a living soul. Soul's the feminine noun. So he put him in the garden and he said, here's what I want you to do. I want you to cultivate, guard, protect that gift that I gave you. I want you to develop your inner man. And he put him in an environment. God just stepped into the darkness, into the chaos, and he used his creative power to create an environment. And he dropped man in there and said, look, you're godlike. I made you in my image and in my likeness. You have the ability to deal with chaos and darkness just like I did. But you've got to develop you gotta, you got to grow that inner man that's alive inside of you. And, uh, you know, your Bible, it, it, remember Genesis 1-1, in the beginning was the heavens and the earth. And you keep reading it, and you get down, in the, in the, and towards the end of the second day, God creates the heavens. Wait a minute, I thought he already did that. It, in, the, in the middle of the third day, he creates the earth. It, wait, wait, I thought you did the heavens and the earth at the beginning. It, well, at, it really says, in the beginning, God created the heavenly realm and an earthly realm, a spiritual realm and a natural realm. And this is the way the, the world's going to work. There's going to be two realms, and you're going to blend them together. But you're never going to be directed or dictated by the natural realm. You're going to live by the spirit realm. And I'm putting you in the garden to show you what the spirit realm can do and the impact it can have over the natural realm. See, in the natural, things were chaos, but by the Spirit, I began to speak to it, and lights came on, and grass began to grow, and cattle were formed, and, and, and he said, you know, I just decided what I wanted. I decided where I wanted to come from. I spoke to what I wanted to come from, what I spoke came out of, what I spoke to, and what I spoke has to remain attached to what I spoke to in order to survive. You might have to buy the tape to get this. And that's the process of creation. He decided what he wanted. He decided where he wanted to come from. He spoke to what he wanted it to come from, what he spoke come out of, what he spoke to, and what he spoke has to remain attached to what he spoke to. And he put man in the garden. He said, now you're a speaking spirit. Grow your, grow, grow your inner man and walk in dominion. Have authority. 
I'm giving you authority and dominion, and, and, but you're going to have to grow this thing. And, and, and see, the first, by the way, and I, just, I said this last week, but I want to say it again. Before God ever gave man a woman, he gave him a job. So all you single ladies just realize that, that, that you know, when, when that dude is looking deep into your eyes and telling you how precious you are, just ask him, just interrupt and put your fingers on it. Shh. Do you have a job? The job, but God didn't take man and drop him in there in the garden and say, come on, boy, I want you to grow me some really big tomatoes. And, and he didn't bring out a plaque and say, congratulations, Adam, guess what? You're the proud owner of the world's very first salad bar. Go to work. No, he said, he said I've given you this, this, this spirit that has the ability to rule and reign. Develop it, and Adam didn't do a very good job because the enemy came in and and, and he kind of sucker punched him, and Adam took the hit. How, how did that happen? The sin wasn't that Adam took a bite of an apple. The sin was that Adam hadn't done what God had told him to do. To develop that ability that He had given him as a speaking spirit. Some of us, let me tell you what our problem is: we're so weak. We're, we're broken because the natural realm rules our life. We, 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 find our, we find ourselves dealing with circumstances and situations according to a natural mindset. But God said, no, 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 no not the, don't live led by the natural realm. Led, be led by the Spirit. You, you have authority and dominion, but you got you got to learn how to use this thing that I've given you. You gotta you gotta cultivate it. You gotta dress it. You gotta keep it. You gotta get strong, and, and and you gotta realize that what you see with the natural eye does not change the end that I declared over you at the beginning. But you gotta rise up, and you got you, you gotta realize that uh, you can't afford to give yourself the day off. You're you're not you know this garden's not a place for you to take vacation. It's a place for you to grow because I want you to see what you can do in the natural realm when you're being led by the spirit realm. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. God's wanting to, God, God's wanting to empower you. Look at Colossians uh, chapter 3. If you have been raised with Christ to a new life, it's, it's, it's a new life. It's not that same thing that you had. It's a, well, now, now I'm going to be going to heaven. No, it's life, eternal life doesn't start when you're dead. It starts when you're born again. And he said, if you've been raised with Christ to this new life, aim at and seek eternal treasures that are above. God created the heavens and the earth. Look at verse 2. Set your mind and keep it set on what is above, not on the things that are on the earth. See, the enemy knows that if he can get you distracted by what's going on in the natural realm, you'll be separated from the power that's available to you in the spirit realm. Anytime you start talking about being led by the Spirit, people just get weird. You know, they want to grab a 25-foot streamer and, and, you know, uh, and if you're into that stuff, go for it. You know, I I don't care. Just don't do it here. Um, Well, I'm just saying. It just freaks me out. But uh, people, and and I, you know, I I was raised in church, and and when when we say full gospel, what we mean is full gospel. Okay? I've I've seen all kinds of everything, and just, and, 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 you know, it, I'm not, I I don't want to sound like, it probably sounds like I'm degrading it. I'm not. I just don't want to be weird. I want to be effective. You know, if there's power in it, somebody's getting raised from the dead and you did it, cool. But if they didn't, knock it off. That's kind of where I'm at. 
And by the way, uh, don't ever bring a tambourine to church. Just throwing that out there. Okay. Um, that's another message. But uh, anyways, you know, being, being led by the Spirit, you know, it's, it's not, we're not talking about getting weird. We're talking about, you know, allowing God to guide the way you rule your life. He said, set your mind and keep it set on things above. Don't be controlled by the natural realm. Adam just got, he, he got distracted by the creation and forgot to be directed by the creator. Look at Jeremiah 29, 11. We know this one, don't we? I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you hope in the future. Well, well, how do I be led by the Spirit? Well, start prospering. You know, prospering. Oh, my God, we're a prosperity church. It really beats a poverty church. It really does. Prosperity is the ability to respond in a godlike fashion regardless of the circumstance. The ability to respond like God, no matter what the situation regardless of the circumstance, you know, your circumstances, your circumstances, all that, all that is, is uh, the circle that you stand in. Your circumstances, that's the circle in which you stand. It's the stance you take in that circle. If, if you'd really like, if, if your circumstances are out of control, might I suggest that you stand in a different circle? Well, well, I'm not talking about moving a, you know, you don't have to change states. You, you change mindsets. The circumstances. It, see, remember uh, uh, 424, Mark 424, uh, the level of thought and study you give to the truth you hear determines the level of virtue and power that comes back to you. More to him besides who has understanding. It's about understanding. It's about understanding. So in the circle you're in, what is the authority that you are standing under? That's your understanding. It's the authority that you're standing under. And if you'd like to see circumstances change, why don't you stand under a different authority? That's what he's saying here. I want you to take your mind and get it under the spirit understanding, you know, you, you know that, that wisdom, and, and not under the natural realm. Change the authority in your life. Listen to this verse in the King James Version, Jeremiah 29, 11. I know the thoughts I think towards you. And by the way, and we already touched on it, but we should get it, that in order to get God's results, we've got to use God's thoughts. And so he's telling us, I know the thoughts I think towards you. Regardless of the circumstance, this is what God thinks towards you. Thoughts of peace, not evil. So if you're going to be like God... You're going to have to have thoughts of peace. I submit to you that that would be a spiritual thought. Not an evil thought. Evil doesn't mean demon possessed. It just means sick, diseased, or broken. Not, not a natural realm thought. A spirit realm thought. So that you can reach an expected end. If you're going to reach the end that God declared at the beginning, if you're going to do what God expected you to do, you're going to have to think spirit infused thoughts not natural thoughts you're going to have to take your mind get it set keep it set on things that are above not on things that are beneath drop down to philippians chapter four check it out here's what i'm trying to get to today is that that a lot of us are dealing with stuff in the natural realm but god wants us to change the realm 
and be led by the Spirit and, not, you know, and, and to understand that he's got, he's got a purpose and a plan. And if we'll do it his way, we can reach an expected end. We, we can not only uh, have an expectation, but we can have a manifestation. We can actually achieve what he's asked us to do, but we can't, we can't think in the natural realm. Check this out. Rejoice in the Lord always. Well, he probably, you know, wrote that on a really good day. He, that's not exactly what he didn't mean rejoice. He doesn't know what I'm going through. He, 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 he doesn't understand the stuff I deal with. He's in prison for like the third time. His, he's been beaten, stoned, mistreated. He's had a lot. I've got to tell you something. Our life, in, compared to, in comparison to his, is, is like we, we've, we've spent our entire life at Disney World. This guy's been through some stuff, and he's, and he's telling us, here's how to handle it. Rejoice in the Lord always. Well, see, an underdeveloped inner man, soul, a soul that's not been developed, doesn't rejoice always. It complains most of the time. How do I know if I'm if I've got to develop so are well are you whining or are you shining? You know, wh- which is it? You know, you you, you gotta deal with yourself. You you gotta own this thing. Look at what he says in verse five. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Verse six. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God, and the peace of God, verse seven, and the peace of God, that's what I want. I want the peace of God. See, everybody I talk to wants the peace of God. They just don't want to. They want verse 7. They just don't want to do verse 4, 5, and 6. I want that peace of God, which passes my understanding, to keep my heart and mind riveted on him. Well, you've got to get back, you gotta get back to verse 4 and 5. And, matter of fact, look at verse 5. Let your moderation be known unto all men. So what's that mean? Well, don't drink too much. No, that's not what it means. That moderation, that's not what it means. Look at it in the Amplified. In the Amplified Bible, it says, Let all men know and perceive and recognize your unselfishness. Uh, See, here, let's break this down this way. Uh, Rejoice in the Lord always. You're not going to do that unless you have a developed soul. Have a hard time rejoicing always. When things aren't always going your way. See, if, if, if you have an underdeveloped soul, you, you, you struggle here. You, if you don't guard your soul, this, the, that word always kind of gets under your skin a little bit. Be careful for nothing is not accomplished when you're trying to get everything you want. Hello? When, when it says, don't care about anything, well, how am I going to do that? Because you're not going to live... For you. Remember, you got a rock in your pocket. Everything you do, no matter what it is, is to bring Him glory. You, you, you have, let me just tell you, one of the characteristics of a, of a cultivated soul, of an inner man that's growing, is that he, he, can, he can live selflessly. Be careful for nothing. Don't, don't worry about the stuff out there. Just let that go. But in everything... By prayer. Prayer is taking God's word into God's presence and getting to agreement on God with that word. 
with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. Man, there's one that we're weak in. You ought to give yourself a self-test on the, in the realm of thanksgiving and, and just make a list of the things that you're thankful for and then see how many of them don't actually come back directly to you. You know, if the stuff you're thankful for all impacts you and your, your comfort and your joy level, and your, well, you've got to develop your soul. Because you, you're not, you, this isn't supposed to be all about you. See, in the natural realm, the enemy's trying to get us to live, you know, uh, very self-centered lives. We're, we're into self-interest, self-preservation. Hello? You know, we get mad at God if he doesn't answer prayers the way we want him to. And we, we have the audacity to say, you mean after all these years of serving you, you're going to treat me like that now? I, you know, God ought to be doing this because I'm a tither and so I shouldn't have any, any problems. No, no, you're not living. You Put it this way. You're not given to get something. You're given because of what you got. You know, you're, you're blessing because you've been blessed, not trying to get blessed. I ain't earning anything from God. I'm celebrating what I've received from God. And that selfless mindset, he says, listen, here's what's going to happen. That's when your prayers are going to get effective. Let your moderation, let that unselfishness, let that selfless spirit be seen by everybody. And don't worry, then you don't have to worry about anything. Because your prayers and your supplications with thanksgiving, as you make them be known to God, look what happens in verse 7. And the peace of God. Let me tell you what's going to happen. And the peace of God, God's own peace. Which you won't even understand it. That's going to begin to, to operate in your life. It's going to blow your mind. The goodness of God is going to rain on you. Because you're, you're not living a, a, a self-centered life. Um, been studying some stuff by, by a rabbi, and, and he was telling a story that, uh, uh, you, know, you know, his father's a very prominent uh, rabbi, was, in and uh, and this this guy's pretty big now, but his dad was some, you know, in in that circle. And and uh, his dad liked it any time they were getting work done on the house or any, buying something that they would call him for, so that hey, let's take care of our people, the, the, the people, you know, let's 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 do this thing together. So any any time something comes up, so he called him one day, called up his dad and said, Dad, my car's uh, I'm needing to get some repair. Got any place special? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Take take it down here, see this guy. And when you get there, tell him tell him I sent you. So he gets down there and he walks in. He doesn't even have to tell him who sent him because, I mean, everybody knew his dad. But he walked in and says, hey, I was talking to my father. He wanted me to bring the car over, have you guys look at it. They said, we'll get right on it, man. Uh, don't worry about it. Give us a call. And, and uh, so he left the car there and, and uh, he came back that night. And, and, uh, and they said, well, you, we're going to have to keep it a little bit longer because we're not quite done. We got in there. We, got, we found some stuff, you know, found out why it was running the way it was. But. Uh, we had to order some more parts, and when we put that in, something else showed up. So, ever had that happen to you when you take your car in? And here we go, you know. And uh, uh, and this went on like for most of the week. And and he's and he's uh, you know he's grateful that they're fixing it, but he's scared to death because he's got to pay for it. And, uh, and finally, they called him and said, "Hey, come on down. The car's ready." And they, he goes in, and they actually told him. They said, "You know, as we went through this, we got a little concerned, not sure the car's even worth this much." <laughs> but we just fixed her up, anyways. And he's like, okay, well, how much is the bill? And he's thinking, I'm going to kill Dad, you know. I bet it, uh, how much is the bill? And he said, don't worry about it. He goes, oh, come on, I got, I, I, I got to pay you something. This is a lot of work, a lot of labor, a lot of parts. And he goes, no, no, you, you don't understand. You, your dad has been so good to me. 
And he goes, well, you need to understand, this is not my dad's car. This is my car. My dad's done a lot for you. I've done nothing for you. And he goes, listen, I know that when I bless you, it makes your dad happy. And he said he had a revelation moment that when we do things for people, we're all God's children. It makes a father happy. When you do things for people who have no way of doing anything back, there's no way for them to reciprocate, no way for them to respond, but it, it makes the father happy because you blessed his kids. And I got to thinking about it because, you know, with three boys in the house, and there have been times that in each one of their lives that people have done great things for them. And, and, the, and how that people, you know, those people, how it changed the category that they, that they are in my world. Because of what they've done for my kids. And I'm thinking, you know, there's really something here, guys. That, uh, uh, that when you, that, you know, think about it. When we do stuff, uh, free market. When we do one day. When we praying for the one. Look at how that would just move the heart of their father. Because we're doing things for people. That, and not expecting anything back from them. There's no way they could repay us. But it's, it's pleasing the heart of a father. And then I got to I, I got to praying about it and thinking about it and realized I could I, we could even take it further because there are people that have really done things said things uh, you know maybe not even purposefully but it actually you, you know wounded me hurt me to, you know and I I'll, I'll just be I'll just be very transparent with you I, if I had found them in the parking lot of Safeway late one night and I was driving one of Todd's cars I'd I'd took them out. Wouldn't do it in my own car, but you know, if I borrowed Todd's, that'd be like. And then later, and, 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 and you know, like I said, not not always they didn't really mean it. But they didn't really know it. Maybe they hadn't really thought about it. But then they, but then in the course of life, they they came and they blessed one of my kids, and all of a sudden, again, it changed my heart towards those people. You do realize that there's some of the things that you and I have done. That we've wounded the Father's heart. The choices that we've made, the words that we've said, the thoughts that we've spread. We've actually wounded the heart of God, but yet when we begin to get outside of ourselves and bless people, not because they deserve it, not because they can reciprocate, but because we recognize they're God's kids. When we allow God to change our heart and the way that we look at people and the way we look at situations, he said, be careful for nothing. Some of the stupid stuff that we care about. Coming to a church service and somebody's sitting in my chair. Huh? You know, you, you know somebody's doing something in my space. Somebody stepped in there and, and, uh, and, and you know, not, I'm supposed to be passing that. But they got my, wait, wait a minute, I'm supposed to have asked that bucket. You know, and some of the stuff we care about. How come that stuff gets under our skin? Well, because we're so underdeveloped. We, we haven't spent time realizing that, no, I'm supposed to speak words of life only, not death. I'm supposed to think peace thoughts, not evil thoughts. So you want to be led by the Spirit. Here's what you do. You start thinking peace thoughts. Not, I'm going to get you thoughts. Not, I can't believe you did that to me, thoughts. 
Not you had no right to do that thoughts. Not I'm going to take you out thoughts. You don't deserve that thoughts. No, no, we're not thinking of those thoughts. We're thinking peace thoughts. That's being led by the Spirit. Not looking at how far we've grown and then looking back at people who haven't grown with us and thinking, well, what a bunch of lazy duds they are. Look at how much we're doing for the kingdom of God now and people who know us that should be walking with us and they're not. They're really losers. That's not a peace thought. That's an evil thought. That's not a spirit-infused thought. God said if you're going to get the expected end, you need to think peace thoughts. You, you need to be selfless. And you need to realize that people might not have your back, but God does. You know, uh, you'd think we'd be a lot smarter than we are. But God doesn't call a son because we're bright. I don't know why. It takes a long time. I just got to tell you something. You know, in, in ministry... I don't know. What, I don't know your world. I, I know mine, right? Uh, you know, if, if you want to talk about glass, I ran a glass shop for six years, and uh, you know, sold cars back in the day. You know, when I was just a kid, paying for ministry, and uh, but ministry, we've been doing it for a long time, and, and uh, you know, people who love you will, you know, walk away at the drop of a hat. You know, honestly, uh, family, friends. It don't make any difference, does it? Uh, anything can happen, if, if, and, and if you're easily offended, it doesn't usually take too long around me. It's like it's like one of my spiritual gifts. And and to be in this spot, and, and to look at it in the natural realm, and in the natural realm, you know, it's kind of scary to think about the future that we have and, and what's going on. Even right now, you know, uh, with our property and, and I, I got meetings next week with the architects and, and uh, uh, we got stuff going out on the property and stuff's just getting ready. And, and, and then we'll have a weekend, you know, uh, and, and numbers are way down. And the people that are supposed to be, you know, got our back, are, are, they're, they're not here. And, and in the natural realm, I got to tell you something, it just it's, it's does something. But then God steps in and says, wait a minute, are you counting on them or are you counting on me? Are you going to be led by the Spirit? Are you going to are you going to be are you going to be led by the natural realm? Are are you, are you going to have evil thoughts? Are you going to let the devil tell you that everybody's against you? Are you going to buy into that, or are you going to have a peace thought? And I'm thinking, you know, my world is constant, so I bet it's that way in your world too. So how, how 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 are we gonna how, how are we gonna make sure we don't trade? Because all, all I'm looking for is sometimes all, sometimes all I'm looking for is people who will get in agreement with me. But what good does it do if we get everybody in agreement, but we lose the power? How how how, how do we develop this and cultivate this this gift that God's given us? How do we do it? Live a selfless life. Yeah, it's just just one step. You know, we're going to give you a couple more in the coming weeks, but just this just this week, I I got to challenge you. 
do stuff for people who can't do nothing for you. And don't do it to make yourself better. Do it because you know it's going to make God happy. If you know that you've done things, you've made mistakes, you've said things, thought things, felt things that weren't pleasing to God, but it just changes the category that you fall in when you start blessing his kids. When you just love people. You know, uh, I, I, I got to quit real quick, but um, the end result is always tied to character. And character is the result of habits, and habits are the result of consistent actions, and actions are the result of choices, and choices are the result of your emotions, and emotions are, are determined by your thoughts, and thoughts come from the word that you're building your life on. you get, you got certain words, and they create th- certain thoughts. Those thoughts make you feel a certain way. The way you feel determines the choices you make. The choices you make determine the actions you make. If we're going to have the outcome that we need we we have to have the character if we're going to have that character we got to perform you know we got to get those habits going we're going to have those habits we've got to consistently perform those actions but before before it becomes a habit i got to make the choices to do it i got to think about it think about it think about it and do it so what you have to do this week is you have to go out and you have to think about it how am i going to be a blessing how am i going to touch lives that in reality don't really matter to me all the time but they matter to the Father all the time. What am I doing? You know, we got a guy, uh, he was in the first service, Jerry Rosane, 25 years ago, he was Mr. Tri-Cities. You know, in, in, a, in a muscle competition, 25 years ago, Mr. Tri-Cities. You know, so at, for the 25th anniversary, he, he, he got back in the gym and he started working out and he went and he competed again. And I think, what did he get, like second place? You know, and, 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 but, but he's, you know, he's 25 years later and he's still... Up there on the, you know, up there in the winner's circle. Well, how did he do that? I'll tell you, let, let me give you the secret. Krispy Kreme. Not. He had to get in the gym. He had to work it out. He, you know, if we're going to get strong in the Lord, we got we got to pick up some heavier weight. We got to work it. We got to press it a little bit. You got to look for an opportunity to do something for people. You got to get outside yourself, and you got to you got to be conscious and aware. You got to quit thinking everybody should do something for you, and let let God cover your back, and you just live to bless Him. Amen. Amen. You get anything? Close your book. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you today that you're doing a work in us. You're changing us. You're growing us.